The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. This next half hour, we're going to take a little look at uh, at cannabis in a couple of different ways. Um, uh, uh, around 3.15, going to talk with uh, uh, someone from Lobo Genetics, and it's a, it's a company that claims it can help you figure out how cannabis will impact you if you use it. If you've never used it before, if you're trying to figure out what kind of strain you might like or not, this company says it's got a a testing procedure. So we'll find out about that. But this, and I've seen it happen over the past um, six months or so, uh, vets across the country are calling for increased awareness of the dangers of pets ingesting pot. There's been an increase in cannabis-related dog poisoning across the country, and there's some statistics out there that... um uh, that say that 54 of the 179 non-deadly incidents of pet exposure to CBD and cannabis reported to a pet poison hotline alone were from this year alone. Um, but that's not including all of the ones that just show up at vets and stuff. This is just going through a line. Uh, Dr. Ian Sandler is a member of the Canadian Veterinary Medical Association and the CEO of Grey Wolf Animal Health. Dr. Sandler, thanks for joining us this afternoon. It's a pleasure to be with you. All right. So, what are you seeing, um, you know, at your at your workplace, and what are your colleagues telling you about what they're seeing and dealing with when it comes to pets ingesting pot? Well, certainly, over the last uh, several years, we've seen an increase, but certainly now you can see that the Canadian statistics are mimicking what they're seeing in the U.S., which is really nationally. Uh, we are starting to see more and more, primarily dogs, but we're seeing it in cats too. Uh, animals get into, uh, you know, inappropriate either amounts or just, um, you know, inappropriate exposure uh, to cannabis-based products. Now, I was going to, you, you mentioned cats because I was going to, you know, this, this just isn't dogs, right? That's correct. So we're, we're seeing ingestions in a number of ways. One is, um, dogs may be walking outside, and yeah. if somebody was smoking a joint, they may have flicked it on the ground, similar to a cigarette butt, and animals may have gotten into that inadvertently. So that's one way. The other way is that, um, you know, if people are uh, baking or using concentrates and oils right now uh, in products where they're taking um, an oil, for example, especially those with very, very high THC components or compounds, and then uh, they're using them for personal use. It's not so much that the cannabis-based products are a concern, uh, although some of the very, very high THC products can be. The more uh, a concern to veterinarians is the fact that these products may be in chocolate, yeah. which in and of itself is very toxic to animals. And so um, uh, these dogs, if they've ingested this, and you know, this has happened uh, recently to uh, a friend of mine um, out for a walk, just as you said, Dr. Sandler, and their dogs... Um, um, threw up afterwards. It got really sick. Threw up afterwards. But yeah, it was a couple of roaches. It was a couple of you know butts that 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 the dog got into. But it was scary for them. So a good good heads up to be aware on that one. Now, do dogs get high like humans get high? Well, this is the issue. So all mammals have an endocannabinoid system, which is a very rich receptor system, and so. Certainly, a lot of the uh, inappropriate ingestion of high THC products, some of the things that pet owners may see, would include like wobbliness. They may be very shaky. They may be falling over. In some cases, they may be howling. There may be light or sound sensitivity. And some dogs actually may 
the incontinence in terms of their ability to to, to hold mm. the urine, if you will, so they may be dribbling. So the the, the short or the long answer is yes, they uh, they certainly can get high. I think again, the big issue is what else are these products yeah. uh, in, if you will? I mean, the biggest issue right now, and this is why. The Canadian Veterinary Medical Association has really taken a key role uh, at advocating for pets and pet owners by really asking the government to look at the cannabis regulations in two ways. One is to include safety warnings for pets on THC products, Mm. which currently there is not. And also, there is no legal pathway for veterinarians to authorize the use of cannabis. And unlike many other um, medical products that uh, we're aligned uh, with our human uh, counterparts, if you will. So oftentimes we will use, you know, opiates and other human-based pain medications to help our pets, uh, our pets and, and the pet parents that we serve. Um, the fact that cannabis-based products are really shut out to us is, is a little bit of a myth. So the way that the medical route was set up for um, healthcare practitioners in Canada was actually quite responsible. Uh, it's the use through an authorization document through your healthcare practitioner. Yeah. And so the fact that uh, the licensed producers were set up in a very regulated way is a good thing. Uh, why veterinarians are not able to access those products is something we are still working diligently on. So, Dr. Sandler, are you saying that um, some cannabis products could be useful for do- for animals in, in, in dealing with certain things? There's no question about it. So we know that... Uh, Pet parents are looking to these products as, you know, an alternative to, to certain, you know, traditional medications or supplements in the same way that people are. So for things like pain, arthritis, even neurological conditions, pet owners want to uh, access the products. They're coming into the veterinarians. They're asking for help. And really, uh, since we don't have a legal pathway to access them currently, uh, a lot of people are going to either the black market, and yeah. many of those products are way off spec, or they're using their own human products either through the recreational avenue or through their medical, um, you know, authorizations. And then what happens is pet owners are left to, if you will, tinker with uh, those yeah. things. And that is also another reason that we'll see inappropriate ingestions. Mm-hmm. They may use too too much, but in many cases they may use too little, depending on if it has, um, you know, high levels of THC versus CBD. It it it, it really it's one of those things that um, you really do need uh, a healthcare practitioner involved with this. We know that the absorption will vary depending on the size of the animal, uh, the weight of the animal, whether they've had a meal, um, what is the product actually provided, or what is the carrier state? Is it an oil or a spray or a dried component? So, I mean, there's many, many factors to think about. And I think the other thing, too, is that if pets, uh, have underlying conditions, liver conditions, uh, heart conditions, kidney conditions, and they're on uh, other medications. We know there can be some interactions as well. And so, um, you know, to us, again, as healthcare practitioners, really there to advocate for pet parents and, and, and pets. Yeah. Um, it's really important to include us in the conversation. And so I think the government realizes that this was a regulatory oversight, but that hearing should have been included under the Medical Act originally. And hopefully, uh, this change will be made sooner than later. Is is there a is there a push on, or is, is there conversation underway to have that changed? There is. I must say that the government and, and certainly many uh, of the MPs that uh, you know groups from the Canadian Veterinary Medical Association and their other organizations, like the Canadian Association of Veterinary Cannabinoid Medicine, and those groups have all uh, spent a lot of time speaking to to many MPs, and I think MPs unequivocally agree that this is an issue that Canadians are concerned about. 
two-thirds of Canadian families have a pet, and of those, half of them have more than one. So there's no question that this is an issue uh, that is important to Canadian pet owners. It may seem like a lower uh, concern, if you will, compared to things like free trade and other mm-hmm. um, you know, significant issues on the Canadian front, if you will. But at the end of the day, um, the, the, the cannabis uh, regulations and laws are now in place, and this is not going away anytime soon. No. And so let's be sensible as to how to bring these products into the market legally for veterinarians. Dr. Sandler, I know that there's there's a there's a lot of places that you can get CBD oil for pets. I mean, my gosh, um, we used it on one of our dogs um, recently. You know, we were hoping as she neared the end of uh, her time with us, it would help with her hips, all that sort of stuff. Um, but from what I understand, it's not regulate necessarily super regulated. You're not really 100% sure what you're getting. Is that fair to say? That's fair to say on a couple of different fronts. So first of all, there are no legal products in Canada. In terms of um, veterinary regulations, there are no DIN-based products. So there are no drugs available in Canada that have a drug identification number um, in the same way that something like Sativex or uh, some of these other products. We've all heard of the GW Pharma products on the human side. So we do not have those products available to us. We know that all of these products that are being sold are illegal. And we know uh, that many of them are way off spec, so they may have either uh, very, very low levels of CBD compared to what the quote-unquote label is saying, Mm -hmm. or they may have very high levels of THC, and there also uh, may be all sorts of impurities uh, in there. So it's absolutely buyer beware. And uh, again, the reality is that, uh, yes, pet parents are looking to these products as either an alternative or an adjuvant to the current medications that they may be using. So I think we do need to find a pathway, and again, the, the most sensible route is the legal route that's in place for people through licensed producers through the medical route. What kind of studies have you read or um, been witness to that you know shows um, maybe the, the benefits, the possible benefits um, of CBD or, or cannabis to um, dogs, let's say? Well, certainly a lot of work has been done uh, on CBD, but and some of THC and, and Grey Wolf Animal Health, just as a company nationally, we are involved in, in uh, a number of studies. So we're excited uh, to be involved in this area of, of medicine because I can tell you when I went to that school 25 years ago, we didn't even know what the endocannabinoid system was. So the reality is there is a big database uh, of both education and research that is becoming available and there's more and more published studies every month. So this is not going away. We have a, a, a really good idea of where these products will fit mm. therapeutically um, in terms of benefiting our, our, our patients in the same way they, they, uh, they appear to be on the human side. So again, I think it's, it's an exciting time, but uh, there needs to be a lot of education. There needs to be a lot of um, updated information in terms of, of, of warning labels, and there needs to be a clear route for veterinarians to access these products legally because we know pet parents yeah. want to use these products, but they also want to use them appropriately. Yeah. And we are the only healthcare group who can, who can really authorize and, and uh, look over that area of care. So we, uh, we, again, we're spending a lot of time working with the government letting them know that, hey, this was an oversight, that we were not included in the regional regulations. And, you know, sadly, this is, this is one of these strange uh, areas within the cannabis regulations where, um, you know, we're sort of a casualty of war, if you will, 
uh, as these regulations have rolled out in people, um, nobody's really taken a close look, or at least originally when they were written. And again, I think the big thing that we know from the U.S. is once the edible market comes online in the fall of this year, especially with a concentrate, these very, very, very high concentrated THC products, the number of inappropriate uh, ingestions will increase and the severity will potentially increase as well. Um, Quickly before we go, if we think our animal has ingested uh, THC, um, uh, what should we do? I would definitely contact your veterinarian and and try and and ascertain uh, as much as you can in terms of what they may uh, have gotten into. The other thing that I think is really important for people to realize is that if they are consuming cannabis legally, especially through smoking, um, you need to really, really be careful about secondhand smoke. And this is also something that that a lot of uh, Canadian pet owners may not think about. So if you're indoors, especially with cats, you want to make sure the area is very, very well ventilated and in a perfect world that the animal isn't even in the room okay. uh, when you're consuming those products by smokable. Dr. Sandler, uh, fascinating. Thank you so much for joining me this afternoon. Pleasure to be with you. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, take care. Dr. Ian Sandler with uh, Grey Wolf Animal Health. When we come back, finding the right kind of cannabis for you. There's a test for it.